Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. God isn't ever thrown off guard by our circumstances. No matter what circumstance you're walking through in your life, whether it's an illness, whether you're having marital problems, whatever, your children have got, walked away from the Lord or you're having problems there, that doesn't ever scare God. If you will trust him, he has the final word and the final answer in what your situation is. That's Joy Smith, the real-life mom behind the film Breakthrough and author of her book, The Impossible, The Miraculous Story of a Mother's Faith and Her Child's Resurrection. Fascinating story, to say the least. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of material. (laughs) So I guess for me, the first part was uh, remembering so vividly the first time I saw the trailer, and just it made me want to know so much more if there's anybody who hasn't seen the movie or the trailer or even know what this is all about can you can you paint us a picture about breakthrough sure uh it's about god's miracle working power and how he can take situations that are absolutely impossible and turn them around for your good and and for him to be glorified i mean my son was underwater for 15 minutes he fell through the eye when they finally found him, they brought him up. He didn't have a heartbeat or a pulse, and he was basically dead. And they worked on him for 15 minutes on the shore, another 27 minutes at the hospital. And they were getting ready to call time of death when they decided that they would let me come in and say goodbye to him. Only at that time, I didn't realize that was what they were doing. And so they told me I could walk up and talk to him. So I walked up to the end of his bed, and I could see that he was flatlining on the monitors, and he was cold and gray. And I knew at that moment it was time to be desperate with God. And so I had heard all my life where it talks about the Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And so I thought, you know, God... I'm just going to trust you. And so I prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to come and give me back my son. And within seconds, his heart started beating again. I can't even begin to imagine what that experience was like. It's so thrilling uh, to read in your book and then to see on the screen. I mean, what was going on in your head like that? Just, oh, my goodness. We had prayed for John for 17 years. Uh, We had lost two children when my husband and I first got married. We're never able to have other children, and so we started praying, and then we decided to adopt, and we got John, so he was an answer to prayer. And so when I was on my way to the hospital, I was just crying out to God, God, this is my gift from you. You can't please don't take him away from me. He was gracious enough to grant my my request and to give him back to me. And, you know, how do you not shout this story from the mountaintop when you are given a gift twice? Yeah, yeah, I can't. For those that haven't gotten the book, uh, it's called The Impossible, The Miraculous Story of a Mother's Faith and Her Child's Resurrection. Um, how did that play out uh, throughout the room? I can't even imagine the people that are, like, registering the pulse and all that stuff. They had pretty much written John off, right? 
Yes, in fact, when Dr. Sutter told me I could go up and talk to John, they had done everything they could do. And there was probably 27 professionals in the room that day. And it was like God had set the stage for them. And it was like he was saying, okay, you do everything that you can do. You do CPR, you do shock therapy, you do whatever you need to do to get his heart started again. And then you step back and watch what I can do. And when I prayed and, and got a pulse, John's pulse came back. Uh, the charge nurse, Alex Giddens, said that when I walked in the room that day, something else walked in the room with me. And she said it changed not only the atmosphere of the room, but it changed the temperature of the room. And she said, when I prayed, something so powerful moved up his body, up John's body, that it was pushing them away from him. Mm. She said when she had her finger on his pulse, she said, and nothing for 27 minutes, and all of a sudden it started, and you could hear her saying, I've got a pulse, I've got a pulse, I've got a... She was so stunned that what was happening before her, and to watch God do that was just miraculous. In fact, it was so miraculous that uh, several nurses gave their hearts to the Lord that day. Oh my goodness, wow. Well... So we understand that the, the the pulse is back, but of course, um, John's not necessarily out of the woods yet. Walk us through a little bit through about what happens in in the next several days. They uh, airlifted John to Cardinal Glennon downtown St. Louis. It's a, a awesome hospital. It just so happened that God had made sure that there was the number one hypothermia and drowning doctor in the area there on duty. In fact, he was getting ready to go home, and they stopped him and asked him to say his name was Jeremy Garrett. He told us that when we first got there that John was brain dead. Uh, They were keeping his heart going with medicine and with the machine, and that if he lived through the night, that he would be an uh, an invalid and a, a, you know, a vegetable the rest of his life because his brain had been deprived of oxygen for over an hour. Mm. And so it, it kind of made me mad because when John's heart started again, you know, hey, he's healed. The work's done. But the doctors weren't on the same page with me. And so I, when he was telling me this, I got upset with him, and I got up and I told him, I said, here's the deal. I hear you're the best. You do your job. You're the best you know how to do, and my God will do the rest. And we'll have none of this negative talk in his room. And I walked out. Mm of the room, and I got a lot of the pastors that had gathered there at the, in the waiting room, and we went back and started praying for John. And there's an interesting timeline that goes with this. On the third day, John woke up to the doctor's shock and awe, and seven days later, they took him off the vent. Seven days after that, we walked out of the hospital, and 40 days from the day he woke up, he was released from all doctors, totally healed. No pills, no anything, no, I mean, the only therapy he had, he played basketball, and he went back to who was his coach, a basketball coach at the high school, also had a rehab facility, and for the next two weeks, he did basketball strengthening things to get his strength and all back, and was back on the basketball court in July after the accident in February. Wow. Wow. And such... I mean, again, it's foolishness to man, but those numbers in that timeline, that's incredible. Yes. In fact, a friend of mine called me up one day, and she kept asking me, what happened 40 days after John had his accident? And I could find nothing. And so I went back, and I was reading the scriptures where Jesus went up into uh, heaven 
40 days after he was resurrected. So I went back to the day that he woke up, and that's when we realized 40 days later from that day he woke up, all doctors released him. So I, we just thought that that was just phenomenal. Wow. Wow. Well, I can't even imagine how, how this has changed just things with, within your family. Uh, how, how has John been uh, reacting to this miracle? Uh, he's been doing really great. In fact, he just, just graduated from high school a couple of weeks ago. He's going to go to North Central Bible uh, University up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. He wants to be a pastor. He's doing great. He has no side effects at all. And we get to go around and share this miraculous story all over the United States. It's been it's really been phenomenal. And what makes it so great is when we are out and we get to share the story, other people come to us and they share their story, showing how miraculous God is and how much He loves us. And I, it is just an honor to be able to do this and hear not only what God and know what God has done for you, but seeing what He's doing for others. One of the huge ways to communicate is through film, and it's been interesting and exciting to see the growth of, of the faith film industry, if that's the right phrase, and, and such a well-done movie with Breakthrough. What were your emotions like, and what was that process like when you first learned that this might be on the big screen? It was a shock. In fact, the first day that we met uh, producer, uh, movie producer, Devon Franklin, we didn't even know who he was. We'd gone to TBN in uh, California to, to share our story, and we thought he was a green room host. <laughs> He's, he is so sweet, and he's so nice, and he has such a servant's heart. And so he was talking to us, asking us, you know, what happened? And so finally he said, well, I don't know if you know who I am or not, but I'm Devon Franklin, and I just finished Miracles from Heaven. Well, I about fell out of my chair because, <laughs> I mean, I had no idea who he was. But Devon has been awesome. And uh, Elizabeth Gabler, who was president of Fox 2000, um, to see them come in and really get behind this film brings, uh, you know, exceptional uh, stars to the to the big screen to play the parts. And it, it has just been an honor and, and kind of I'm in awe of watching it on the big screen. Well, it's a, certainly a well-done film, and I'm always curious when we've got real things portrayed in a film. I know there's some things that can be fictionalized at times or, or for dramatic effect. Um, were there any embellishments in the film that didn't connect into the real story? Well, one of the things, and I, and, and they kind of did this to write it, uh, they portray uh, Pastor Jason and myself as not getting along, but that was never the case. In fact, Jason and I are, he's like my son. And I adore him. He had just come to this our church, though, a brand-new church. He was changing things up, and it was kind of causing an uproar. And so they ran all that through my character. So that it wasn't that those things weren't happening. It was just he and I weren't at odds with one another. But um, we have grown very close to this. As I say, he's uh, a little younger than my, than my son Charles, um, who's my third, oldest, my third ch- son. As I, as I say, we are very close to their family, and that's the only really embellishments in the, that's in the movie. Well, talk about the firefighter that hears that voice, that rescue worker. Tommy Shine. He is an incredible, incredible first responder. He took a lot of grief from a lot of the people that he works with because of what he heard. But when he was out there looking for my son, 
he had already looked in this one area and he heard a voice tell him to go back to this uh, to take a couple steps back and look and he thought well I've already been there, and he thought he was getting the instruction from someone else, but it was actually the Lord talking to him and telling him where to look. And he dropped his pike pole, which that was what they were using to, to look for the boys, and when he dropped it down, he thought he hit his foot or his boot. He thought, well, that can't be my boot. I'm floating in water. Mm. And he put his pole down again and hit it and started pulling it up, and it happened to be my son. Mm. So... So that was seven minutes into his search. That's how quickly they found him. Wow. In a muddy, murky lake. Since then, Tommy has just surrendered his life to the Lord, and he's just an awesome young man. Wow. Wow. That's a little Damascus Road in the pool there. My goodness. That's just, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> So what what would be your hope for, for someone uh, who might pick this up on Blu-ray or DVD who hadn't seen it in the film? Uh, what, what do you hope the takeaway is for someone watching Breakthrough? My hope and prayer, anyone that comes across this story, the encounter that they have with God, and that they find that there is hope in God, and that He loves us so much and He cares about us, and He is doing these things to show His love for us. And all He wants is us to trust Him. And, and really believe that he can do the things that he says he can do. And I think all the places that we've gone and people come and talk to us, they tell us, this is what was going on in my life. Then I heard the story, read the story, saw the movie, whatever, and this is what God came and did in my life. And this is a takeaway I want everyone to have, their encounter with God and what he can do for them. I'm Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. 